let's look at a hand where one of my favorite poker players in the world, Bill Ivey, takes on Christoph Vogelsang in a $200,000 buy-in tournament. Uh, deep in the tank for his tournament life. Ivy has a reasonable hand to call with. It's also a spot where you're pure bluff catching. I believe in my man Ivy. Will we be able to separate the hands? This is a tough spot. Let's see how it goes. So he's talking to me. Still in the mix, playing 55 bigs. Multi-way pot way, here, Brian. One for me as well. Okay, oh one. yeah. Uh -huh. Ivy popping also, things up on the button. One, what do you want? What do you one for you, and then also I thought yeah. Ivy. Crazy. Well, you tell me you're suited. For it. I give you twelve thousand for free. Enjoy your death. A, a standard why, why open, but one of the, the weakest hands being open at the button at thirty big blinds. And then yeah, deciding how he wants to respond. Here, three better call. I don't think he folds. Could even come with jam? Maybe I come to Dubai. What's there Decides to right call. And yeah, I think that's what the time bank was used for. Yeah. If was... if there's stuff, I'll come. I mean, the problem with jam is he's a little deep. I mean, jam versus Ivy's stack is fine, but then he's deeper and Vogelsang covers him. So it's it's a tricky spot. She has to go to I think Russia. if they're all just like 30 blinds, I might go to Dubai. Jam is like very Dubai? reasonable. In this episode of Weekly Poker Hand, Phil Ivy raises it up on the button with the 10-6 of diamonds, playing about 33 big blinds deep. Perfectly fine, perfectly reasonable, unless he thinks he's going to get 3-bet a ton. And there's really no reason to think that. Around to Ben Heath, also one of my favorite poker players in the world, by the way. He calls in the small blind with pocket fives, which also is perfectly fine and standard. If, in this scenario, perhaps Vogelsang was 30 big blinds deep as well, maybe Ben Heath could consider an all-in, but when Vogelsang is deep on his left, Ben Heath cannot just rip it all-in, because whenever Vogelsang wakes up with a good hand, that's gonna be really, 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 really bad for Heath. So he calls, and then Vogelsang gives it some thought before calling with the 7-6 suited. He gives it a lot of thought. Good thing we have the time bank. All right, let's see the flop three ways. But, um, you know, he's like almost 50 in vocal cover, so kind of takes that option off the table a little bit. Four hours from here? Oh, no, really good flop here for Vogel and Ivy. When I went, I didn't know, I didn't know pretty cool. You know, top pair backdoor flush draw versus flush draw and gutter. So these guys definitely going to put some chips in, and Heath not going to be able to... The flop comes 10, 8, 3, 2 clubs, giving Bill Ivey, top pair, bad kicker with his 10, 6 of diamonds, and giving Vogelsang the straight flush draw. Vogelsang checks. This is actually a spot where I think leading may be viable. If he leads and then gets raised, he can then just rip it in, which I think is fine with the 7 high straight flush draw. But checking is also very reasonable too. 
around to fill Ivy. And you have to be very, very careful betting in situations like this as the preflop raiser when you expect both callers ranges to have a lot of hands that connect with this board. So I'm not entirely sure the top pair very bad kicker should be betting in this spot because you will be value betting into some better hands like jack 10 some portion of the time. But at the same time, I don't have a problem with betting. And if you do bet, you want to bet small as Phil Ivey does. He goes 16 into the 45,000 pot, which I think is fine and good. All right, let's see what develops. Continue three ways. Green. Ivy coming with one third Ben Heath in a sandwich does have Vogelsang behind to worry about. Yeah, I mean, had it gone bet call to him, he'd definitely be out. But now with it just the button C betting, he decides to continue. This is probably really like one of his weakest continues, I'd say. Fives with no club. And... Um, Versus bet and call. Vogel's got got a decision here. Ben Heath decides to call with the pocket fives, and I don't love this call. I mean, look, I'm going to presume whatever Ben did is right because he is one of the best poker players in the world. But I would think without a club in this spot, you probably don't want to call because if you do happen to get lucky and spike the five of clubs, it's either going to sometimes not be the best hand or you're going to have a tough time getting a whole lot of action. So I would have just let this hand go, especially given Vogel saying could easily have a hand that connects with this board, but whatever, Ben calls over around to Vogelsang, and he has to decide if he wants to call or raise. You know what I want you to do? I want you to take a second and think about what you do. Pause the video and write in the comment section below, in this scenario, if you were in Vogelsang's shoes, would you fold with your straight flush draw? Would you call? Would you raise small to something like 50,000, or would you put it all in? Pause the video and write what you would do in the comment section below. You know, do you check raise, try to take it down? Little dicey inflating the pot with seven high, but I, you know, guess you're okay getting it in with IV or just call and uh, have this really be one of the strongest draws that you slow play. This is a neat spot where I think Vogelsang has a few options. He's not folding. He could call because he does not really want to raise and then get shoved on. Notice if he makes any raise in this scenario and IV shoves, which Ivy will do some portion of the time when he's facing a raise in the spot. If he has something like top pair or better, he's probably just going to rip it in some portion of the time because it's going to be very vulnerable to getting outdrawn. That's not great because then Vogelsang's going to have to put in another 125,000 to try to win a pot that will be pretty big at that point. Something like, I don't even know, 300, 325,000. Does that sound right? Math is hard for me. Um, and at that point, he probably has to call it off. So I don't really love a small raise in this scenario. He does have to be concerned that Ben Heath is slow playing with something like eights or threes or 10 eights suited every once in a while. But even then, it's not the end of the world. So I suppose I don't hate a raise. But at the same time, I think shoving is not great because when Ivy has a good hand, he just calls it off happily every time. And also, whenever you raise small and then get jammed, it's also not great. So I think this is a spot where with a reasonably high equity draw, calling is fine. Another problem with shoving on the flop, by the way, is that if Vogelsang does happen to get called, he's going to be against a lot of better draws like ace of clubs, and that is definitely not where he wants to be. So Vogelsang gives him some thought and makes the call. Here we go to the turn. And he goes with call. Eight of hearts pairing on the turn. And a card that's going to be really, in a weird way, it's kind of like 
a good card for Heath from his perspective as fives is already very dicey three ways and you know you were already behind an eight anyway this filled in zero draws but I think both Ivy and Vogelsang very hesitant on this card you know pairs the board potential lead spot for Vogelsang yeah definitely he, he can definitely have eights in his range he has and he has a hand specifically that you know has a decent amount of equity when called and would like to take down the pot. Pretty good semi-bluff spot. You can take one of the room. Oh, you got extra rooms and shit? Yeah, four rooms. Right, so, Bogus in them. the tank. See what it comes with. How are you? Actually, see him come with one third. Who is this guy? Yesterday was in the room. And it's on the pro side, too. What's that? He's a pro. He's a pro. Mm -hmm. Does opt to lead. What's his name? Who is it? The turn brings the Eight of Hearts. Ben Heath checks, and this is a spot where I think checking and just getting out of the way for Ben Heath is definitely viable because when Ivy bests the flop, he's gonna have something. When Vogelsang overcalls, he has to have something, and something here is gonna be either a high equity draw or some sort of pair, all of which just got a lot stronger when the middle card pairs on the turn. So Ben Heath just has to be done. And Vogelsang decides to make an interesting lead of about half pot. You may say, why would he bet with a seven high? Well. Typically, in this scenario, Phil Ivy is not going to bet the flop with all that many eights. Which means, when he bets the flop and the turn comes an eight, he probably has worse than trips. But if you think about Vogelsang's range, he's going to check and then call the flop with a whole lot of eights. Even after a bet on the flop and a call, given the bet on the flop was so small. Also, if Ben Heath did have an eight, he may want to lead himself. For the same reason, Vogelsang wants to consider leading the turn with an eight. So if Vogelsang's gonna lead the turn with some eights in this spot, he wants to find some bluffs. And the bluffs are going to be with various draws. Now, the question becomes, which draws will Vogelsang check and then call on the flop? And I don't know, he's probably gonna raise some of them. And the draws he's gonna raise on the flop are probably gonna be some really junky draws, like gut shots. And then also some really good draws, like strong flush draws, which means he's gonna have stuff like open-ended straight draws on the turn and some flush draws on the turn. So probably the lowest of those are at least reasonable leading candidates because if you check and then face a bet on the turn, you're not gonna be able to continue most likely. So I think leading here is actually quite viable with some eights and some junky draws. Now this draw may be a little bit too high equity to lead because if you lead this turn and then get jammed, you have to fold, which would be a disaster. But this is a spot where you should not expect to get raised all that often because you could easily just be sitting here with an eight and Ivy probably does not have an eight and most people don't raise as often as the GTO strategy recommends in this spot anyway. If you've studied the spot where you check call flop and then lead turn at least in heads up spots, which I've studied a lot over at pokercoaching.com, check out our tournament and cash game masterclasses for that specific module. You'll know that your opponent's supposed to raise pretty often. Probably with stuff like over pairs and just various nonsense, which may sound insane, but it's what you're supposed to do if your opponent's leading with a lot of draws. But most people do not raise all that often. And because of that, I think leading is quite nice. So Vogelsang does lead and uh, Phil Ivy has to decide what to do in the spot where he has what was a pretty good hand on the flop turned into a bluff catcher. What are you doing? But I saw. Who's the guy? Watch table. Cool. Uh, it's a sizable one, Brian. Honestly, I don't know. Comes yeah. with more than half pot. I, I can't see. Multi-way. So yeah, he was shouting a lot. Yeah, I think Vogelsang wants to get draws out. He knows an eight's not folding, and ten probably doesn't fold. But uh, he would definitely like to get all other draws out because any other draw 
is, is just... Facing this half-pot lead is a very, very rough scenario for Ivy because it's pretty easy for Vogelsang to just have an 8. He could also even be leading with a better 10. Also, Ben Heath would definitely check call the flop with some 10s and some 8s, and he would check some 8s on the turn. Whenever the turn does bring the 8, certainly Heath is going to lead some 8s, but he might also check some of them as well. It's very nice to check when you're first to act with two players yet to act because it's more likely one of the two players will bet, Whereas in Vogelsang's shoes, he should probably be even more inclined to bet with an 8 because there's only one player yet to act behind. And if Ivy doesn't bet, then he doesn't get to put any money in with his trips. So Heath would check a lot of trip 8s in this spot. So Ivy needs to do his absolute best to make some sort of a read in this scenario on Heath and also Vogelsang. Because if Vogelsang is leading with a lot of draws or too many draws, then obviously he can't go around folding the top pair. But if he's going to be leading with way too many draws, then it's a very, very easy continue with the top pair. And... I'm not sure if Ivy should ever raise here because he is just going to be raising and losing to the trips. But to be fair, if he's going to call and then call it off on a lot of safe rivers, he's going to lose to the trips anyway. So maybe this is a spot where Ivy could actually find a shove all in, given it's not for all that much money and the pot is already gigantic. But his kicker is really bad. I don't know. It's a tough spot. Every once in a while, the river comes something like a random king, and then it goes check check on the river and Ivy gets a chop out of it or he just wins against a busted draw. So it's definitely a tough spot where... I don't know what the right play is, so I'm going to presume whatever the great Phil Ivy does is right, and he decides to call. Then he lets it go, and let's go to the river. Heads up. Beating him, such as Jack-9, nine, 9-7, nine, or clubs. Um, so when he's called here, I think he can be... kind of put Ivy on a range that's very value-heavy. Not saying Ivy can't have draws, like maybe the nut flush draw... You know, probably like 3x with a club. But besides that, very like 10 and 8 heavy. And now Vogel has to ask himself, well, you're never getting 3 8 to fold. But for 60% pot, can he get 10s and 8s to fold? What gangster. And yeah, and Vogel decides that, yeah, he can maybe get 10s and 8s to fold here. The river is a king, which is a pretty good card for Vogel saying. This is a spot where I'm not exactly sure what Vogelsang's range looks like. As it contains more random King X, which I have to presume is just going to be King X of clubs, he should be very inclined to shove the King X for value and a ton of bluffs. As his range contains fewer King X of clubs, though, he should probably be a little bit less inclined to bluff with all of his potential bluffs. Because notice in this spot, he's going to have some various gut shots, some open-ended, some flush draws, and that's a lot of misses, right? He, of course, does have a decent number of eights, but at the same time, he has a lot of unpaired teams. So I think this is a spot where a lot of the good, strong, loose, aggressive, high roller players over bluff. That said, the 7-6 of clubs is probably just a very reasonable bluff, given it loses to literally everything. So I love the all-in from Vogelsang. I think it's his only option, and that's what he does. Let's see if Phil Ivey can find a call for all of his chips in the $200,000 buy-in tournament. He has no showdown, and he's going to follow through. And despite the fact that he has the 7-6 of clubs, because of the way he played this on the turn, Ivy doesn't have a lot of club flush draws, so those blockers not being so bad for him. I, I think that's a lot of his thinking. And now Ivy just kind of has to decide, like, kind of either Vogel kind of has an eight, trip eights, or he turned a draw into a bluff, and which one is it? And he's getting not quite as good of a price as you see because some of the, an extra 130k there isn't called, but... He's calling 120 to win 320, so like nearly three to one. Phil Ivy deep in the tank again. 
There we Make go, Phil. I knew call. he was going to do it. Let's Ten go, buddy. Of diamonds, and he's going to get shown the seven high from Vogelsang. That's my guy. Oh, rough spot for Phil Ivy, but he makes the right play. He finds the call, and when all the draws miss, it's really, really easy for your good, strong, loose, aggressive, battling opponents to find all the bluffs. And to be fair, in this scenario, I would not be shocked if Vogelsang is maybe even supposed to be jamming the river with some tens, but I bet a lot of people don't jam the river with some tens in this spot. So if your opponent's not going to be shoving quite wide enough for value, and they're going to shove perhaps too many bluffs, your adjustment is to call with all bluff catchers. And I think this 10-6 is a perfectly fine hand to call with because it blocks random full houses, blocks random better 10s. And Phil Ivy finds the call and he wins all the chips. Good job to him. He scoop loops a nice pot. One thing worth noting is Phil Ivy did this thing where he kind of like picked up his chips and considered it. Um, some people who are really, really nitty out there may consider that an angle. When you pick up your money and you're like, all right, what do I do now? What do I do? Do I find the call or do I not? I don't think that's an angle at all. You're allowed to touch your chips as you see fit. Um, some players, when you touch your chips like that, when you pick up your chips and start considering it, may like shrivel up a little bit. Now, I don't think Vogelsang is going to do that. He has a great poker face. This looks like he is uh, incredibly enclosed here. So I don't think you're going to pick up much on him. But against some players, they will like shrivel up or who knows what they do. Maybe they'll start acting funny. If they're acting funny when they think you're going to call, well, then they probably don't want you to call, right? Because if they think you're about to call and they just sit there and allow you to call, well, then they probably don't care if you call. But if they try to do something that disincentivizes you from calling, then obviously they don't want you to call. So this is a spot where, again, some players who are not so studied, not so sophisticated, they will give off a very clear, hopeful reverse tell, which means you should obviously call. Vogelsang does none of that. He just sits there and accepts it, as he should. And this time, the great Phil Ivey, one of my favorite poker players in the world, scoop loose a very nice pot with a bluff catcher in this $200,000 buy-in Triton Super High Roller Series. So congrats to him on finding the call. That's me for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you did, please do me a quick favor. Click the like and subscribe buttons down below. I would appreciate it. Also, tell your friends about this channel. You know what? You don't have to tell all of them. Tell one friend who wants to get better at poker about this channel. I would appreciate it. Good luck in your games. Have fun. And I hope all of your hero calls scoop loop the pot. I'll talk to you next time.